When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Well, I say 8.50, you're three hours, you're in the future, so. Yeah, the um, right over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now, lately, be good to know what's going to happen three hours from, from where you are. Yeah, it's going to be all good. <laughs> going to have some coffee, maybe. <laughs> this is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Uh, super excited. We got Gina Gleason. Um, from uh, Philadelphia, um, uh, Gina is just uh, 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 just a great uh, guitarist. Um, plays guitar with uh, Baroness. Uh, has played with some 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 really big names uh, in 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 the past, uh, and and really quite an incredible uh, creator uh, and musician. Uh, Gina Gleason, want to welcome you to the podcast. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for all the. Kind words, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so, so tell us about when when you were young. I mean, did, did you did did you were you born with a guitar in your hand? Did you like did you like art? Did you get in trouble? What were you like? <laughs> um, I, I I picked up a guitar a little later. I guess when I was like fourteen or so. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a kind of a Similar story to many, many, many people, but uh, parents split up, you know, so sometime at dad's house, sometime at mom's house, that kind of thing. And uh, dad happened to have a guitar laying around the house and it was like a thing to do, you know, Uh, I just wanted to like mess around with it and and try to learn. But um, I don't know. I I have one older brother. He and I are like best friends still to this day. And we we were always really tight growing up. We didn't have that sibling uh, teasing and arguing kind of thing. We were always like really tight buddies. And um, I always just wanted to like emulate what, what he had going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, he and I kind of got into music around the same time. He's, he's four years older than me. Um, yeah. We kind of liked like hip hop and stuff like that first, like stuff that was on the radio and then a little more accessible. And then, um, I think as he got older and got into his like high school friend group and I was, you know, like the younger sister, I kind of was trying to find stuff on my own. And I remember buying, um, British steel, Judas Priest album. Yeah. First album I ever bought. I don't know why I bought it. I think I just the cover. <laughs> um, 
and started that kind of started the uh that whole wormhole of metal and music and then yeah like i said dad had a guitar laid around the house and i just kind of would try to pick it up and mess around and he had this like vhs tape that was like um like how to play the blues <laughs> yeah and, you know it's like you pop it on as this dude showing you like 12 bar blues and i remember being like oh i just want to learn that and then like i'll be good like if i could just get that i feel like that would be enough to satisfy this this thing that i'm feeling inside this like urge to uh to do this but yeah i don't know as a kid i was uh i don't think i got in trouble too much i was kind of just like a lame <laughs> kid i just you know i just kind of kept to myself i did try to do music but uh yeah um i tried to like not disappoint my mom <laughs> had a lot of the italian guilt thing going on so i tried to like get good grades and like keep to myself and, and do that kind of thing you know yeah, yeah. Why don't you, you know, we're talking the last name Volante here, so right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, and it, I, 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 I definitely picked up on you know, um, you're, you're talking about your your brother. I have a close relationship with you know my siblings and my my brother. My sister is twelve years younger than me, so my brother and I are very close in age and definitely uh, just kind of shared a lot of the same experiences, right? Um, and yeah. and 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 influences. So you start. You say you start around uh, uh, fourteen, and um, you know, uh, it, it sound to me some some metal influence um i want to just kind of jump ahead um and just kind of talk uh you know for the listeners get acquainted with you know the work that you do where you know a bit you know that it's a bit more public um you had a gig and i, I saw a, a video on it and it was just really fascinating for uh cirque de soleil and it was um michael jackson uh tribute album and you played a character called the muse uh, incredible, obviously incredible, wild outfit, a lot of time, looks like extreme dedication for a long time uh, doing that. First of all, though, is that outfit the most metal or the least metal <laughs> outfit uh, you could wear? I wasn't sure. I'm like, that's either the least metal or the most metal thing I've yeah, ever seen. That's true. It's definitely the least punk outfit I could wear. Least punk. <laughs> Tell us, tell us, tell the listeners about, you know, how you ended up in a kind of world-renowned, you know, playing guitar in a world-renowned, you know, Michael Jackson riffs. How, how did all that happen? Um, at the time, I was playing in a couple bands in Philly, and I worked at Guitar Center and was also, like, teaching lessons and stuff. And uh, I was, like, night. no, I was 20. And... Uh, my friend just sent me a link that she saw this Facebook ad that said, literally just said like search slaves like for like a female uh, guitar player for something, a show, or I don't even think it said, it just said like female guitar player. And she was like, you should uh, check this out. And you know, it was almost like, I dare you to do this, you know, like a audition or apply or whatever. And I didn't really know what Cirque du Soleil was. I never heard of it, never seen a Cirque du Soleil show, but I, was down to do anything that involved playing guitar, you know? Right. And so I applied and first they kind of had this process of like sending videos of yourself to them. So they were based out of Montreal in uh, Canada. So they would ask for certain videos, like one of just like, can you do some like improv guitar work, just kind of shred, send a little minute, two minute long clip 
And then from there, they were like, hey, that's cool. Can you send a clip of doing more like clean chicken picking kind of stuff, like more rhythmic stuff? And uh, so I did that. And then they asked if I could send a video of doing like the Beat It solo specifically. And I was like, oh, it's very specific. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So did that. And then they called me one day. I was on the way to work and they were like, yeah, we're doing this show. It's like a Michael Jackson themed show. If you want to play guitar for it, you'd actually have to move to Las Vegas. In hindsight, I don't know. If if, if somebody asked me that now, I think I'd be like, ah. <laughs> yeah, at the time I was 20 and I was like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I did that. I moved to Montreal first and we actually created this like show. It was pretty much just like there's a director who's like, everything I was involved in is this whole other world. I feel like I was a tourist in this whole other world that exists of the music like industry or whatever you want to call it that wasn't anything that I was used to or anything of like what I like do now you know what I mean it's like this whole world with like choreographers and and all this stuff and you know it was uh neat to kind of be uh like I said it really felt like I was like a tourist (laughs) in this other side of like music or entertainment or whatever so in Montreal, uh, Circus Lay has this like headquarters thing set up. It's like Circus NASA, you know. You go in and uh, they have all these crazy apparatuses and people are doing flips and all this crazy shit, you know, like hanging on stuff and all that. And uh, from there, the guy that was like the you know director, choreographer, had all these ideas for these scenes, and all of us as a cast just kind of put on the table what we had to offer and we created this crazy show that still runs in Vegas. I mean, not currently, everything's obviously shut down, but, um, you know, still, still is going. So yeah, it's really, really crazy experience. Um, as a musician, it's kind of, uh, it was kind of interesting because you do 484 shows a year. Whoa. Um, so you're doing two a day and then, you know, periodically there'll be like a week off or three days off so they can clean the theater and do just like general maintenance on all of the automated, um, scenery and stuff like that, that runs on lifts and hydraulic lifts and and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're doing the same thing and playing the same things, uh, 484 times a year doesn't leave you a lot of time to like pursue other things like touring especially is like definitely off the table um yeah while I lived out in Vegas I moved from Philly first to Montreal and then to Vegas to to pursue this and um I tried to take on like band projects and things that I hoped would like tour like things that I could you know write music with other people and hopefully like do shows and tour and just function as a normal band but that was kind of off the table with when you're doing that kind of a schedule um so you're stuck with this like weird mental thing where it's like, I am playing guitar for a living, but I, I'm not stoked. <laughs> and that, yeah. that becomes like a, a really crazy thing in your head. You're like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not stoked 24 seven? I'm literally playing guitar every day uh, for a living. You know what I mean? Um, but it's this strange, uh, the strange conundrum, you know? Yeah. I'd imagine, you know, just from what you're saying with, within that, I mean, 
you're young enough to want to be able to creatively like spread your wings and like to do like what you want to do. And obviously you're in a situation where we'll be learning tons, right. About the industry and about show show like showmanship and performance and all that type of stuff, which has to be like super value, but that, that rigorous pace, you know, the, you know, that, that many shows in, like you said, doing the same thing, you know, it's, it's probably the discipline's a mixed blessing I'd imagine within that situation. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool because it, it, it set me off on this path of, you know, for like a good year, year and a half, I was like, so I, I did the show for al- almost five years. Um, and I would say to like any musician that's like checking that out, if you're young and you still have the itch to like tour and be in bands, but you're like trying to pursue something like that, it's like, it's awesome for a year and you make awesome friends. I'm still extremely close friends with like everybody on that, that I worked with through that, like to this day, it's like you stay in touch with people that are all over the world. And it's, that's a incredible experience. Like nothing can replace uh, those kind of uh, connections that you make with friends and stuff. But, um, you know, as a creative person, it's like after so long, things like that can get a bit taxing. But um, it kind of set me on this path where I was like, all right, I'm just going to not leave the house except to go to work. And I'm going to just stay home and just kind of create my own music from home. And I set up like a small uh, not even a home studio. I just got like an interface with a couple more inputs than what I had previously. And, you know, just tried to work on writing music. And I got really into like gear and pedals and creating like soundscapes and just weird shit at home. I was just like making all this weird music, uh, by myself, but that's kind of how I met John from, uh, Baroness. Uh, so he's got this, um, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I love the sound. I didn't. I love the sound effects. No, it's going to keep. It. That's, that's that's fantastic. Well, yeah, yeah. So, well, tell, tell us about meeting. Tell us about the connection with um, uh, about that. Why don't you go into just tell about the connection with Baroness and um, you know that that piece of of your work. Um, yeah. So John's got this uh, fuzz pedal company based out of Philly. It's called Philly Fuzz. And while I lived in Vegas, obviously being from Philly, I was just like looking up stuff online and looking up fuzz pedals and like, oh, these ones use silicone transistors, but these ones use germanium transistors. And like, <laughs> sound different and blah, blah, blah. And then I found these ones called Philly Fuzz. And I was like, oh, I, I have to have that. It says Philly on it. Right, right. <laughs> That's sick. And uh, it turns out it was John's pedal company. I didn't know that, uh, but I was a really big Baroness fan um, from I discovered them when the yellow and green record came out and was following them ever since. Like when purple came out, I was like really stoked about that. I remember my brother sending me a link. He's like, yo, new Baroness record, purple, like new color. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? And uh, so John sent me a message online and was like, yo, did you buy one of these pedals? And I was like, yeah person from Baroness why you why <laughs> is it really him or is it like his you know whatever his manager I don't know how this works <laughs> but uh, that's just like how we met and kind of uh, became buds we he was like we should uh, maybe we could meet up and like demo some of these pedals and he's like I have a whole bunch of gear at home and he really does the, the dude has so much fucking gear it's <laughs> 
so it's just kind of something we bonded over and uh, and became buds and yeah i think uh, just around that same time uh their current guitar player pete adams was like pursue some other stuff and john was like hey do you want to learn some some baroness songs and that's kind of how i joined the band so just kind of good timing for where everybody was at in their in their respective journeys you know what i'm saying that's that that's great. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll chat a little bit more about that. Um, wanted to ask you a question um, about what 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 types of what types of art do you uh, do you enjoy? Do you enjoy art of different forms? And like when when you get to music, what are the type of things that 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 influence you that you that you like to partake in as consuming art uh, for yourself? Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get to be around a lot of visual artists. I'm not a visual artist at all, um, but I'm lucky enough to spend most of my life around people that are. Like, between John, obviously, does incredible um, visual art, does all the album covers, um, and then just friends of his who are also involved in kind of the Baroness world and other, like, album art-making, uh, you know, worlds so they like we have a friend named uh marled who does all of the uh interior album artwork for baroness he did all the stuff on golden gray and uh, on the purple album as well so um my partner is also a visual artist does um a lot of like big canvas stuff and um and screen printing and stuff like that so i feel very very fortunate to be around all of these incredible artists you know um I just love taking it in. I don't care what it is. Like I love hearing people talk about their process or what they use, the materials they used. And yeah, as far as visual art, it's like, I can't do that, but I just love looking at that and hearing people speak about like, you know, how they went through the, how did you create this? It kind of just always blows my mind how you had a canvas with nothing on it. And now there's something on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> It is quite, it is quite the, you know, it's that transformation and, um, and, you know, within, within the podcast and the show, just kind of like looking at, at those moments of how things are created, um, and, you know, whatever form it is, just that, that, that spark that, you know, you know, create something like where there wasn't sound before there wasn't the, the image before I wanted to ask you, uh, Gina, um, just about like uh, with, you know, the current, uh, you know, recording this, uh, you know, amidst the pandemic and so many impacts on on art and uh, public uh, performance um, f for you, you know, and, in, in, you know, you would you would be on tour right now. What 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 role right now do you feel both for yourself and other artists that you're around? Like what what's the role of art? What's the role of music or or metal uh, uh, right now uh, in a pandemic. Uh, what, what do you think about that? It's really fucking hard because this is what we depend on for our living, you know, is playing music and touring and, and, uh, and doing that. And just, yeah, our, ourselves and, and so many of our friends are, are so uh, widely affected by this. It's, it's not only us, it's people that, um, work at venues when we're not on tour typically i work at a venue in philly um so now not only are we not on tour but the venue's closed <laughs> obviously right and, um, 
effects are like people that are doing audio, people that are doing so many different facets of what goes into going on tour. That's not just like the four or five people on stage with instruments or, or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's so many people affected by this. Um, it's cool that we kind of have time to be like, all right, you, you're forced to slow down. You can create something, but that also kind of puts this looming pressure over, I think, creative people where it's like, now I have time. I don't have an excuse. There's this weird pressure looming over to create and be really highly productive, but that can kind of be really taxing mentally, you know? It'd be uh, like a like a like a weight or something you feel compelled to, or just like that you have to do. Where you're like, uh, I'm just trying to keep my head straight in this messed up like what I'm seeing, right? Yeah, I mean it's weird. It's like I we're not on tour. We have the time. We should be being productive, right? Like we should be creating. We should be doing this. But the outside world is is different. We and like there's not, you know, I can't go out and. Uh, and go to places or see people or interact with people the same way. So it's like the things that would inspire my creativity or things that I'm putting out before, I'm not getting the same input. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, when you're just alone in your house all day and all night, <laughs> that can be cool for a little while, but there's definitely been a couple weeks in here where me personally, I've just been like, I don't, know what's going on i don't know what <laughs> yeah what i should do with that maybe i'll just watch another episode of whatever the hell i'm watching you know what i mean like so it's hard i think only recently i've been trying to take that pressure off and just be like all right it's okay to not have every day be like i have to be the most creative and productive person like you know yeah yeah and you know one of the things um that that you know that i've felt if we talk about like performance and music i mean i've described people to people for me i my my you know i love going to shows i love going to shows with my son or you know my uh when i go to a metal show you know it's like when you when, particularly for me is the doom metal crowd and like I don't know there's a certain vibe, there's a certain kinship, there's a certain ceremony that takes place, and that ceremony has been uh, lacking, uh, you know, for both, you know, performers, your ability to, like, be there up on stage and, like, seeing the fans, you know, love a particular genre of music, love Baroness, and, um, you know, that type of ritual, uh, you know, is, is, is missing. Um, and I know it's for some folks who, like, you know, you go through like go through the week, go through the work week, and be like, well, at least on like you know Friday or Saturday, be like, I'm gonna go hit that show and I'm gonna get some of that stuff out. And you mm -hmm. know, I I, I think it, the there's a that's just missing right now. It's definitely definitely been something to uh, uh to to adjust to. And I'm sure on on your side, you know, having the expectations, you know, to be on tour, you know, right now, and just being like, okay. Um, really like to play live now, I'd imagine, right? Of course, yeah. And just interact with people, with your bandmates and with people at shows. Like, I love playing live because I'm, I love meeting the people that go to shows. I love going to shows. I try to go to shows in Philly as often as I can, just about every weekend, you know. I try to go, we were talking about Kung Fu Necktie a little bit earlier before the podcast started you know like philly's great for house shows and uh there's a lot of great venues and uh yeah so we're we're missing that but i 
I do see where people are just getting um, getting creative and just trying to make the most of it and, and do different things. Like, you know, you see a lot of videos where people are like recording themselves and then like screen splitting it with, you know, someone else that's recording themselves playing a track or whatever. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to collaborate with some friends on um, some really fun stuff. I did like this Danzig cover with uh, my buddy that does this, two minutes to late night show. Um, but it's, it's things like that where it's like, this is going to occupy a, a couple days worth of, uh, of working on stuff. It's, it's making me feel productive. It's fun. It's lighthearted. And um, so trying to engage in stuff like that is really helpful mentally, you know, and you hope that it brings a smile to someone else's face the same way it, it brought a smile to you when you're working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, um, uh, I saw your uh, cover of uh, "Hot for Teacher" on the two minutes till. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, that was that that performance just that was just so so. It was just a badass performance. Um, that was that looked like so much fun. It sounded like um, just 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 so much fun. Um, and the, the collaboration is, yeah, the, the part of like how you collaborate now, there's some distance. And, and I imagine that's something to try to, um, try to navigate. Um, Hey, Gina, what, what is, what, what is art? That's one of the big questions I have. What, what is art? Uh, well, being around so many visual artists, I constantly see this kind of theme of obviously the cliche of like life imitates art, art imitates life. But <laughs> I see a lot of visual artists who are friends of mine that, um, you know, the stuff they make, uh, the, the things that they're painting are reflections of little things that are going on in their daily lives or specific instances that, that has, that happened to them and stuff like that. So when I see that in my friends who are making stuff currently, when I go and look back at like, you know, if I'm at a museum or I'm looking at like a classic art piece, I, I tend to think about the same things. Like what was this person going through when they were making this specific piece? Um, I know for me, not as a visual artist, but just as a, a musical artist, um, that is that, that theme kind of carries over to me as well. Like all, everything I'm playing in a more abstract way is like a, uh, just a, a reflection of, of what I have going on in that moment or in this particular day or week or month or whatever it is or maybe i'm tapping into something that i've suppressed and and somehow like the specific notes i'm playing are, are, are tapping into that and you know making me think about other things like i was doing a vocal track with a, a friend of mine the other day and um like we had recorded this jam back in like december before everything was obviously shut down and we've been kind of just messing with different mixes and, and, and just kind of sitting on it. And she said, like, dude, why don't you just do some vocals? Don't think about it. Don't listen back to it and just send it to me. And because uh, she's like, I think if you listen back to it, you're going to be really critical and and we'll never get to hear it. But if you just send it to me, just having an outside buddy be like, no, that was cool. Like, <laughs> maybe that can be uh, helpful. So it's like, you know, trying to do this vocal track and just, uh, you know, kind of tapping into some suppressed things that I had deep down. And I know it sounds cheesy, but sometimes the only way to tap into those things is through creating art 
creating music, blocking everything from the outside world out and just kind of getting silent with yourself and, uh, and, and, and taking that time to get in there. And I, I just feel really lucky to have, uh, a way to express that. You know, I feel really lucky that I can pick up a guitar and do that, or I can, you know, pick up a microphone and, and just scream and, you know, and, and get all that stuff out. So to me, art is, not only the finished product or the thing that you walk away with or the thing that you can show somebody, but it's the whole process, you know, actually think to me, it's, it's more about the process than the, uh, than the finished thing. And you just hope that the finished thing inspires somebody else and their own thought process and their own creative process. And, you know, you just hope that it, it inspires somebody to think, think differently, think about something, remember something, conjure up something inside. And so to me, that, that, that is, uh, art that I guess. No, I (laughs) have to put like a period on it. That is art, you know? (laughs) Well, that's, that's, you know, that's the thing. I mean, I think the, 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 the questions are fun. And I was really, I was really following what, you know, what you're talking about. And I think a lot of times people talk about, and they really do get into the process, right? Because there tends to be like, when you discuss like, what is art is there seems to be like a need for intention, right? Like, like I'm expressing this out and it might take this form. And, um, but I think the question is, is, is is interesting because people are experiencing art and have like kind of like a working definition of it um uh and it's like i know it when i see it has been one of the responses you know like i think that was like the supreme court definition for pornography it's like i know it when i see it and yeah. art and <laughs> art kind of is like I, I can't sit here and explain exactly what's going to tip over into, into art but I, I know when i see it it's like i can hear it or see it so um and uh, by the way, uh, love Danzig. I had a note here. I, I know you mentioned Danzig. I seen you with the Danzig shirt, and you, you mentioned yeah. you done the cover. I wrote Danzig in big letters. That's I. Yeah. So that's it. I have Danzig on my sheet. So <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, it's 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 so hard to uh, to define. I think when we were doing Gold and Gray, that really put me through the ringer as far as how I'm thinking about guitar and thinking about music in general and it it turned into more of an art form where it was like i can do this like rock solo or i could just not and let there be space and like to me like decisions like that on a musical level really like kind of challenge me like okay like uh, i feel like i'm thinking about this more as you know an art piece as far as this album goes instead of like you know no it's all about me the person creating it i want to do the the riff it's like no dummy just like <laughs> just let the song be the song you know it's not about uh the person as an individual we're just trying to create a, a piece here yeah i don't know yeah well and i and and on that um uh a couple couple more questions uh gina um and you're speaking about creating right there. Uh, why do you, why do you create? Do you ever ask that question of like you know why like exactly why am I doing this? Yeah, every day I wake up and I'm like why. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes I don't create. You know. Sometimes I try, and I've had more more times than not, I, I fail to create. <laughs> But that's part of the art form, you know. You're just trying shit out, seeing what works, seeing what fails, 
you know, when I successfully create, I'm really stoked, but those times are a lot fewer than the times I try and fail and learn something, uh, or the times that I don't because it's like, uh, I'm too self-conscious or I'm too in my head or I'm too, uh, you know, mentally, uh, not there, which we probably spent another hour <laughs> talking yeah. about all the reasons I were mentally just not there. <laughs> I'm somewhere uh, else. Dark. Well, uh, you know, part of the thing is, um, uh, uh, and we're talking with Gina Gleason, a uh, Baroness. Um, Gina, I um, I didn't save the easiest question for the last question, and I've been told I I need to do that. So I gotta I gotta hit you with uh, I, I need to know why there's something rather than nothing. Hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, why is there something rather? Than- Sometimes nothing is, is fucking cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why is there something rather than nothing? Well, because we're humans and we just have this, like, you know, uh, impulse to just always put something, always be doing something, always be productive, always be looking at your phone, you know. So maybe that's why there's always fucking something is because we're <laughs> human beings and we can't not have the impulse to, like, oh, it's, oh a thing, oh, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't dig what that. I'm doing or what, you know, whatever. It's like Jesus. Just can you just let there be fucking nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 vibing with your answer to this because it's like there's <laughs> there's too many fucking somethings. All right. Yeah. Can we have a can we have a little peace? Can we have a little fucking nothing? <laughs> oh, fucking nothing. Now's a great great time to have you know nothing and quiet and and be stoked about that and you know. Uh, I, uh, yes, yes. Um, thank you for helping me with your answer to that question. Cause I, I, I just jumped right in with you on that one. Um, uh, Gina Gleason, a Baroness. Hey, could you tell, um, uh, as we wrap up here, Gina, um, uh, just as far as, uh, you know, listeners, fans, um, you know, where to, where to find you, where they, you know, you want them to, to, to find you online, uh, where to look for material, Baroness, all that type of thing. Where, where they come and contact you and, in uh, your band Baroness? Um, Baroness, uh, has a, a website called yourbaroness.com because Baroness.com was taken by like a leather kinky site. Okay. <laughs> Well, you can go to both sites if you want. You can uh, both, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yourbaroness.com is uh, is where Baroness set, and the same as the uh, Instagram handle. It's just your Baroness, and uh, I I don't use Facebook, uh, but I use Instagram, and it's just my personal thing. And sometimes I do guitar videos or do stuff about music, or sometimes I'm just sitting in the woods or just having coffee or whatever. But it's just Gina Gleason. Uh, GTR guitar, uh, my big creative name, <laughs> Gina Gleason guitar. <laughs> I like it. I like but it. yeah, so yeah, be uh, be uh, stoked to uh, talk to you on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Gina, um, and and thanks for that too. I really wanted to make sure folks could connect. Uh, you know, and I know uh, for me, you know, looking at YouTube and some of the Cirque du Soleil stuff, uh, some of your 
really cool performances and, and covers. I saw you play with uh, Carlos Santana. Um, it's just, you know, you know, it's easy. It is to say, I mean, folks look up, uh, Gina Gleason, some of these great performances. Um, there's a lot of great stuff to watch you. Great performer, great guitarist. Um, and it's been a, it's great, been a great joy to be able to talk to you. Uh, and also, you know, I was, I was kind of excited to hear you from Philly. Like I said, I know a couple of folks over there and, uh, you know, I've had an East coast vibe lately, uh, on the podcast, but I can say, for people that I know out here, when when uh, you know there comes a time for you know tours and and, and shows to, to happen in whatever form that they do, a lot of folks uh, out in the Pacific Northwest, including myself, love to see you uh, play guitar in uh, the great band uh, Baroness. Wanted to thank you so much, Gina, for for being on the podcast. Uh, uh, it's been a, an absolute thrill to talk to you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I think you, you guys have a really cool thing. It's a cool uh, a cool concept for a podcast. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great talking to you, man. Thanks, Gina. And um, hope to hear from you soon. Take care yeah. now. All right, see you, man. Bye. Right, bye-bye.